Welcome to Film Grain, the official podcast of the Film Society of Northwestern Pennsylvania and the Greater Erie Film Office. My name is Erica Berlin, and I'm the executive director of the Film Society. I'm John Lyons, filmmaker, teaching artist, and director of programming for the Film Society. And today we have a very special guest, political... I just said, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> I was just Political. excited. I know, me too. I think it's still, we just still have this energy of being back in the camp yeah. studio where we can sit in the same room with each yeah. other. And yeah. today sitting with us in the room is political sociologist, Dr. Rhonda Matthews. Hey, y'all. Welcome. Ooh. <laughs> Welcome to the studio. It's so exciting to have you here because we've all been collaborating recently. And now that we're together, um, we're here to talk about our project, yeah. our program that we're working on together. So, Rhonda, before we get into all of the exciting things that we're working on together, tell us a little bit about who you are. Oh, I always hate it when people ask me that. <laughs> Your deepest, you know, who are you inside? Right. Who is the Rhonda Matthews? I, I am a sociologist by training, right? That's what my PhD is in. And one of my specialty areas is politics. So now I teach politics, but I teach it from the sociological perspective, right? So people ask me, another question I hate for people to ask me is, where are you from? because it's all over. Uh, you know, I started in Los Angeles. I was born and reared my most of my early life in Los Angeles. And I think that informs a lot of the ways that I think about things because it was a very diverse city, still is, you know, very diverse city. But I also grew up there at a time when it didn't have as many of the problems as it has now. And so, you know, my brothers and I got to experience a lot of the good stuff about Los Angeles when it was still, you know, this kind of world-class city that people don't associate with social problems. So I started there and I've lived in several places all over the country, um, but mostly I say that I'm from the South. That's the other region that I've lived in for long periods of time. So, mm -hmm. so that's my geographic background. And my educational background is in sociology. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a political sociologist, but I have always used popular culture in my teaching always even when I was an undergraduate uh, not an undergraduate I'm sorry even when I was a teaching assistant when I was working on my PhD you know they make you teach courses and they always make you teach the 100 level courses which I love right because it's kind of a it's a survey course and it's you get to teach about a little of everything and you get to expose students to a little bit of everything and so I was using popular culture media in my courses before mm. it became this kind of popular thing to do. So why? so why? Because it, it teaches. Mm -hmm. It absolutely teaches. You can learn so much about social life and political life and commentary and even the arcane subjects like political theory and sociological mm. theory, you can learn through popular culture. And it just makes it easier, mm -hmm. right? Well, These popular culture, isn't that a reflection of what's going on? Like political theory is essentially in informing popular culture. It's just a reflection of one another, isn't it? Yeah. Well, or, or, I mean, am I wrong to say that? There is a symbiotic relationship. Right. There absolutely is, right? Because, especially because good writers 
people who create these these different types of content are really thinking mostly the good stuff is usually sociological, right? Nobody knows that, right? Because most of these people aren't trained in sociology, but well, except for, for instance, Lady Gaga, right? Hmm. She studied fame. She was a sociologist. She studied fame, well, right? And she that. I didn't know that either. And she could I and she was able to identify She has a poker face. Because she studied. <laughs> See, you because she studied. But um bum. The poker <laughs> I was trying to rescue you. I, I, was, <laughs> I would not let that go. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But but she but she studied. Um, she was a sociologist. She studied fame and celebrity. And when she charted her career, she used hmm. the characteristics that she found in her study of fame and celebrity to chart her own kind of to direct her own rise. Right. So uh, it's always there. It's always there. It's mm-hmm. always been there. You know how people say, well, especially now when people talk about politics, I don't want any politics in my popular right. culture. Well. It's always been (laughs) in your popular culture. You know the same. When uh, Colin Kaepernick uh, was still in the NFL and people would say, I don't want any politics in my sports. Well, it's always been in your sports. Why do you think the fact that Colin Kaepernick even gets an opportunity to play in what was once an all-white league is political? Mm -hmm. You know? So so that's why. Mm -hmm. That's why I use it. Yeah. It's really cool. Do you find that most people you encounter when you tell them what you do when they're of a certain age? Because I feel like, man, if I could go back to school now, mm-hmm. like I would love to take so many sociology mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot? Like people in hindsight are like, man, I wish I would have taken like more sociology because it's like informs everything. It's so important. It does. And and I do have more people saying that to me now but you still have to explain to people what sociology is. So everybody knows what psychology is, right? Everybody knows what economics is. You you can pull out almost any other social science and people can kind of figure it out. But sociology, they can't quite understand because they don't, in this country, people don't think of themselves as group members. They think of themselves as individuals, which, of course, they are not. Right. That's our rugged individual. Right, right, right which is a myth. <laughs> right. Um but American exceptionalism. Right. <laughs> right. So I think more people are seeing sociology in the light that most of us who are sociologists think of it. The problem is that people don't pay a lot of attention to sociology until we're in social crisis. And then they come to us for answers. And we're all like, you know, if you had just asked before, we might have have been able to avoid these crises in the first place. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what can horror teach us? I'm kind of leaning, leading into uh, the next next thing we want to talk about. So much. I mean, just the definition or the identification of what horror is. That alone changes depending upon your identity, right? So, you know, when I was growing up, the the big horror movie was The Exorcist, Mm. right? That was the one that people talked about. That's the one that captured the culture, people's imaginations, their ideas, made them scared out of their minds, right? But that was a time when more people in the United States actually practiced a religion. They participated Mm -hmm. in some form of religious worship, right? 
usually people who still were from one of the Abrahamic religions, right? So, because that's what the, the you know all of that mysticism is a part of. I mean, it's Catholic, but you know. All three of the Abrahamic religions have some elements of that kind of horror mm-hmm. in their text, right? In their religious text. So the exorcist was the big thing. And it scared people because so many people were steeped in religion. And so when we think about horror, we have to think about what's going on in our society at the time that the horror fair was made, mm-hmm. right? And to to indicate what makes things scary for people. Mm -hmm. Why is the Amityville Horror a scary movie? Because middle-class white people, I mean, the the American dream, right? Mm Middle-class white people dream about Mm -hmm. buying this house in the suburbs. And Mm -hmm. yeah, it requires a little work, but, you know, that rugged individualism and that frontier (laughs) spirit, you know, we'll just put some elbow elbow grease into it. And then, you know, and so it was a scary movie for middle-class white people. The house is haunted. It's a money pit. It's sucking up all of our finances, Mm -hmm. right? Our kids done gone crazy, Right. right? That kind of thing. And dad's going crazy. Right, right? Dad's going crazy and he's he's like the kids are like scared yes. of him yes. and yeah. Because yeah. he because he literally kind of turns into a monster. Right. Like his, 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 Dad uh, turns into a monster. Changes about him. But, but black people were like, what, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> Get the fuck out the house. What are you? Why are you still there? Yeah, right? Right. And so the Amityville Horror was not going to do problems. anything. Right. Exactly. Right. You can solve this one real quick. Just leave. And, and I, and, and so while, you know, a large portion of our population identified the Amityville film as horror, mm-hmm. another large swath of the population was like, this is comedy, mm-hmm. right? So I think that that's the thing about horror that, that gets me. Mm-hmm. It, 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 like sociology, gives us this kind of broad-based view of what's going on in a society at any given mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. It's re- it's a really good definer of that. You can look at any point in horror, in any genre, in text, in, um, and by text I mean books, in short stories, in, you know, a lot of stuff Stephen King wrote about in his short stories, they're really snapshots of the social, the social times, the uh, film, Podcasting Sound. now, yeah. Uh huh. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, th- I think that's the thing about it that captures my imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How exciting! It well, is. that critique and your ability to look at horror from a historical perspective and look at writers and filmmakers as a sociologist. I love that you took that and put it together as this presentation at last year's Horror Fest Mm -hmm. in 2021. And I'm curious for you, and this question is for you and John, how you came together last year to put together this presentation because John just said, he's like, Thursday night, Dr. Rhonda Matthews is giving this presentation. I was like, awesome, can't wait, you know? And then we screened two films alongside that presentation, um, Antebellum and Ganja and Hess, which I hadn't seen either of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, fascinated at the spectrum of these two films and really it just blew my mind because your presentation uh race horror and transference Mm -hmm. 
why real life is scarier than demons Mm -hmm. was fascinating too. And so both of these films really were exposing, I mean, race Mm -hmm. and really how that affect how that really was scarier than demons yeah. and the ganja and hess was from what 1973 whole different experience Mm -hmm. um, of of watching a different racial perspective on horror. So I'm really... And religion. And and religion. And a lot was covered. Socioeconomic Mm -hmm. class. Exactly. Exactly. So for the listeners of this podcast, I'm really interested to hear the genesis of that evening's program Mm -hmm. and where someone could watch it again if they wanted to, mm. but maybe just a- Dungeon Hess might be hard. You probably have to rent that. Yeah. I think you can mm-hmm. find Annabelle. But you can pretty, you yeah. can watch your presentation on YouTube. Oh yeah, for on sure. On the Film Society's and, and YouTube. And you should. And you should. <laughs> and you should. You can watch it on the Erie Horror Fest YouTube page. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage people to do that, but I'd love a little background on how that came to be. I mean, I'll just be really quick. Like we've wanted to work with Rhonda for a long time and it was a great opportunity really because when we brought the horror fest back from the dead, uh, we wanted it to be, you know, special and different mm-hmm. and explore, you know, different facets than what the local community had been used to. You know, sh- just showing films, meeting celebrities, the occasional Q and A. Okay, let's go a little deeper mm-hmm. into the genre. And um, Rhonda was the perfect partner for sure, and it was just. Having conversations, you know, like Rhonda, what if what if you had a night, <laughs> you know, and then what if we supplemented that then mm-hmm. with some content? And Rhonda, I mean, we there were a bunch of films that we wanted to yeah. do on that night that didn't work out. Yeah. We we had yeah. a lot of ideas. We did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot to choose from, which is great. But yeah, the two that we ended up showing weren't the two that we started talking right. about. Right. But it kind of morphed, and we adapted and mm-hmm. went with the flow i mean um yeah so just from my part it was partnership this is your night mm-hmm. you know how how can i help you yeah. what do you want to focus on and well from my perspective i am always ready to talk about popular culture in its context right it's because for me its context is not entertainment oh i'm sorry it's not just entertainment mm-hmm. right it's so much more than that um which is why a lot of people don't like to watch stuff with me <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh they better get ready i used to i used to have this um i haven't taught um intro to women's studies in a while but i i, I have this exercise where i have students do a content analysis and what i do is i have them bring in magazines and then find the the ads and then look for the visual themes and uh the themes in the copy content too and then we would talk about what they saw and what those what those patterns were so we would basically do a brief research topic and usually at the end of that people and and it was mostly in classes where I'm using pop culture primarily as as the primary medium at the end of class people will say you know you just you just ruined 
pop culture <laughs> for me. Or you ruined movie for me. One of the one of the ones that people talk about that used to tell me the most that they that I ruined for them was three hundred. Uh, Why? <laughs> Why 300? There weren't just all hot dudes. Exactly. <laughs> wow, that's Oily, homoerotic. Shiny. Wait, what? I was Wait, in the theater watching Gerard that film. Butler, like... Yes, I was in the theater watching that film. And usually, what well, this is the, most of the time when I uh, go to the theater, I go during the day in a weekday. If I can go to the first matinee, that's mm -hmm. best. Because like I don't yeah, like Same for me. I go yeah. first. First screening of like a Saturday or Sunday. Hey, is see, I don't go on the weekends at all. I try not to go on the weekends. <laughs> Weekdays, nobody's there. I don't have to hear people's uh, candy wrappers oh, yeah. rattling mm -hmm. and people chewing their popcorn. Look at their phone light up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't have to deal with yeah. any of that. I can actually go and be immersed. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what happened when I went to go see 300. That's what I, I was in there. And there were a few other people in it, but I was watching the movie. And at some point I kind of sat up and kind of looked around <laughs> to see who else was in the theater. Cause I was like, this movie is not for me. <laughs> this is not, I am not the intended audience mm -hmm. for this film, but I would talk about the complete and total homoeroticism yeah. of that film <laughs> and ooh the young straight man just did not like me yeah. after that uh -huh. you know but they couldn't look away from it <laughs> because <laughs> I, you know I have pointed out all of these things <laughs> well I kind of feel the same way about horror right it's mm -hmm. like I, there are I have moments in horror where there are jump scares and things like that but mostly when I'm watching it I'm getting all of the social stuff that's intended like hereditary mm -hmm. Under, oh. under the surface. Yes. Yeah. Masterpiece. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so when John, you know, invited me to do this, I was really uh, excited about it because, you know, here's a chance to actually talk about this stuff yeah. in meaningful ways. And uh, what I have found is that there are a whole lot of other people who like talking about it in meaningful ways. And uh, they now know that I'm part of the tribe. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know? sure. yeah. Um, and so. And so I think it's it's useful. And it doesn't diminish my enjoyment of, it doesn't diminish it at all. No. I still absolutely enjoy whatever it is that I'm consuming. Mm -hmm. It's just that my analysis of it makes me actually enjoy it more. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you because, yeah, I like popcorn too, right? Mm -hmm. Like I just saw Top Gun Maverick mm -hmm. and that's popcorn and mm -hmm. it's, she, there's, a good amount of cheese in there, mm -hmm. but the action scenes are like amazing. Right. But yeah, that's not a movie, you know, like people like that stuff and mm -hmm. I like that stuff too. Mm -hmm. But to me, the stuff that has the lasting impact and the longevity are the ones that you got to peel away some layers, right. you know, and there's that social commentary right. and mm -hmm. right. those stand the test of time mm -hmm. to me. They do. I think it's a mix of exactly what John's saying. It's a mix of stuff that's lighthearted and fun. Mm -hmm. And so we're working on the Horror Fest right now every Quite day. <laughs> there's something. Yeah, there's a lot of work going on to prepare for the Horror Fest coming up in October. And it's June, beginning of June. So you can imagine there's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. Today I was meeting with the women who help us organize all the ticketing for the event. You know, they were saying, um, you know, oh, what's your, you know, who's your guests? You know, who are all your guests? And what are you going to screen and all of this? And they were talking about their favorite horror movies. And mm. I said, well, we're about to go talk to, you know, Dr. Rhonda Matthews and yet yeah, da, 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 da. And she was saying, 
oh, I love, you know, I love the music and the jump scares. And, you know, they were saying all these things. And I realized, like, I love to watch Halloween every Halloween. You know, the original mm-hmm. one. Oh, yeah, I love it. With the, mm-hmm. with the music. Yeah. And I'm not scared by it at all. But mm-hmm. there's something about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, it's like comfort food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not really finding a ton of, you, you could probably analyze that movie to death. But oh, yeah. will you find a whole lot? You could, Mm -hmm. but there's also something about just watching something for the sake of watching Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. and not overanalyzing it. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I just love the, that score, you know? That's another like white suburb. It's just another white suburb (laughs) horror movie. And and overanalyzing the white suburb horror, sure. But it's always funny to laugh at. Like, you can just laugh at it at a lighthearted level Mm -hmm. and a room full of people just be like, the white suburb Mm -hmm. girl, (laughs) come Mm -hmm. on, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about it because anyone you talk to that loves horror knows all of these things. Even if they don't know Mm -hmm. that they are, like, having these sociological conversations, They are. It's mm-hmm. probably informing you your enjoyment. Yeah. Subconscious right. level. Yeah, sure. at a subconscious level, there's a lot mm-hmm. of sociological conversations going on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if a sociologist walked into a room, like Rhonda walks into a room and listens to a group of people who love horror c- conversing, you'd be like, do you know that you're a sociologist? You could have your PhD in sociology. Oh, I do. I do stuff like that regularly. You know that that's sociological thinking. Exactly. <laughs> if you apply that to some real world stuff, you know, we could really change some things. So, Rhonda, I think you're going to have your opportunity to do that very soon. Because okay. I think now is our opportunity to talk about our new program that we have kicking off next month. Mm-hmm. So, because of just the heart swelling excitement that we had after your presentation this past fall where you were supercharged and we were so excited because after your presentation we had a lot of people who were really engaged and like dug it and Mm. like asking questions and commenting we thought we we should do this again like this can go further this program can go further so we decided to come together and mm-hmm. create a monthly program called Eerie Horror Fest presents mm-hmm. to just get horror lovers because they're everywhere mm-hmm. and they love coming to the film fest so why not get them together on a monthly basis so that's what we're doing mm-hmm. Eerie Horror Fest presents mm-hmm. and Rhonda is the leader of the pack. Uh-huh. I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am very excited about this. I am. Because it gives us a regular time, you know, once a month where we can sit down and have discussions about horror in a thematic way, like mm-hmm. based on themes. A horror hang. Yes. Oh, the horror <laughs> hang. Okay. All right. All right. I like it. There you go. And I think whether you're a, a, a horror nerd or not, at some point or another, horror, I think it, more than probably any other genre, requires a debrief. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or debrief, which however you pronounce it, um, <laughs> wherever you put your, your the um, the accent. But I, I think that when after people see horror, they want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I, want, yeah. I want to talk about what I just saw. Did you see the same thing? And what about this point? And what happened here? And what do you think was happening right here? And that's usually organic for uh, fans after they have seen something. And so the, you know, Erie Horror Fest presents is 
capitalizing on that, right? Mm -hmm. It's giving us an opportunity to do this on schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) On schedule and with some parameters, right? (laughs) You throw some resources at you. But I think that it, it helps people to understand what it is that they've seen if that's what they want. I mean, mm-hmm. like you just said, sometimes people just want to, I just want a jump scare. I don't want to have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But most often, especially with really good horror, mm-hmm. people do want to talk yeah. about it, right? Mm-hmm. That particular jump scare was scary, but why was it scary, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we want to do with Eerie Horror Fest Presents. And there is a tradition of this. Right. It's because, you know, because I'm going to be older than most people who are coming (laughs) uh, to it. But I you know, there are lots of things that I remember um, that happened in this tradition. And and I think the two most prominent examples of this are Vincent Price hosting what used to be known as Masterpiece or Masterpiece Theater Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday nights. PBS, right? He would be sitting in this in rooms that I still love and I'm trying to recreate in my own house, right? <laughs> Libraries with woods and, you know, all kinds of books and comfortable chairs and he would have on a smoking jacket, right? He'd be comfortable. We can there, get but, you a smoking jacket. Yeah. You know, <laughs> don't tempt me. Um, but, and then he would, he would introduce the whatever was going on it wasn't always horror but he would introduce what whatever was was playing and then there was um preceding that there was Alfred Hitchcock mm-hmm. Presents. And even if you're not old enough to have ever seen an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents, well, whatever was coming up in the episode, he would introduce it, but then he would turn and mm-hmm. do that profile, mm-hmm. and then there was the logo, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, also, uh, The Twilight Zone, yeah. right? Rod Serling, another sociologist. Huh. Uh, oh. Yes, he that. was a sociologist. And, mm-hmm. that, and the reason that uh, Twilight Zone exists is because he knew that he could talk about social ills, things that were going on in society, and and that people would receive it if it came out of an alien's mouth, hmm. right? Or if it came in this kind of contrived storytelling type of way. And he was right, yeah. right? He talked about wanting to, that he would be in these conversations with people about racial issues and you know, socioeconomic issues, et cetera. And they wouldn't want to hear it, but the minute he wrote it so that a Martian said it, yeah. people would listen. Right. So, so, so that's the, that's, that is part of my early socialization, right? This, these are the things that I learned about pop culture and through pop culture. And part of what Eerie Horror Fest presents is, you know, an attempt to, in some ways, replicate that, right? You know, update it a little and, and replicate it, right? Because certainly nobody like me was, nobody who looked like me was doing it. Right. (laughs) You know, and I mean, these are all white men that I just, Mm -hmm. you know, but horror has expanded the genre of all kinds has just expanded. And I think it's a good time to be addressing these things. It's the right right time for this series, Mm -hmm. for sure. I will Mm -hmm. say, though, in terms of who might be attending, Mm -hmm. definitely folks of all ages. I think you're right, because it. Horror Fest. Yeah. yeah. I it, mean, it Horror Fest gets a, gets a really broad yeah. age range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say... But prob- probably because of the venue, it's got to be 21 and over, right? I don't think we've talked about 
this, <laughs> but I'm guessing it's get so it's at room 33. Mm-hmm. It's the first Tuesday of every month starting in July. Mm-hmm. So July 1st or Fifth. July 5th mm-hmm. will be thanks. <laughs> will be our first date. That's right. Um and 6 p.m., right? Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And okay. the the facility is ours. It's just ours from just 6 ours. to 8. Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's awesome. only our group. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's really cool. So we have like hot appetizers. So when you join the club, so it is a club to join, mm-hmm. right? But you can drop by uh, on a single night, but we hope that you'll become a, a member. We hope you become member. a member. Yeah, mm-hmm. becoming a regular member. It's kind of like a PBS pitch right now. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I still like it. <laughs> if you become a regular member, mm-hmm. you can become a member for 12 months, for six months. Mm-hmm. You can become, you can do a drop in, mm-hmm. but if you drop in, you have to do it in advance because we have to prepare food for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and but, you get a drink too, right? We're going to have a themed uh, cocktail each mm-hmm. each night, which yeah. is cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a very, very good mm-hmm. Deal yeah. to become a member mm-hmm. because essentially, if you if you're a member, um, a 12 month membership is 240 dollars, which mm-hmm. is which for that membership you get entrance into room 33 because yep. you essentially can't come in unless you're a member. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> you can't hang, just hang around it's and talk. Exclusive. It's exclusive. <laughs> You get to come in. Hang you, with like-minded, cool people. Well, mm-hmm. and and first of all, you actually get access to Rhonda's materials. Yes. I don't really want to pass over this fact. You mm-hmm. don't just come in and talk. Mm-hmm. Every month, Rhonda and her research assistants. Yes. Yes. So there, this isn't just Rhonda talking, right. okay? Materials are being created mm-hmm. each each month. And mm-hmm. Rhonda, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Okay, so uh, I call it a syllabus. Probably shouldn't call it a syllabus because I don't want to turn people off. I was you know, say, I don't, I don't sounds very academic. But what it is is it's resources. It's a list of resources yeah. um, call on it the, book the theme of the dead or something. We're gonna have to come up with some <laughs> some other name for it. The, the That's eerie good. Book, right. eerie Horfest book of right. the dead. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. I like it too. It's um, good. But if we're gonna talk about this stuff and we're gonna talk about it knowledgeably, it's a good idea to have a place to start um, because sometimes people will watch things and they'll think, oh, I really like that. But they don't know where else to go mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of learn more or become more informed about it. So what we're doing is constructing um, a set of resources that people can go to before and after the monthly meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because sometimes you can go and you can read an article or you can watch a film uh, that we've suggested and then you'll think that's really good. Oh, this is good. I know more now than I did before. But then maybe you come to uh, room 33 and discuss it with us and think, and somebody else gives you more mm-hmm. things to think about and then you can go back to that resource guide and you can read up more and you can think about it more and talk about it more and view more video or film or listen to podcast Mm -hmm. episodes, et cetera. So what we really wanna do is help people to learn more about what it is that they're watching and thereby enhance their enjoyment of it. Yeah, And being a part of this, like growing a community too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. absolutely. 
Because because I think for, because people think, a lot of people think of horror as weird, even though it is, or, or the fandom of horror as weird, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it is a huge, it's a huge genre, mm-hmm. right? I think people are like, isn't that a little strange that you, <laughs> like, uh, why are you watching that? And And so, the kind of enthusiasm and fandom I think that people have, for instance, for comic books and for, uh, I'm sorry, superhero mm-hmm. comic books mm-hmm. um, seems different for mm. people than does the 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 fandom of horror, mm-hmm. right? People think that one is kind of acceptable. Well, I kind of understand why you, you know, are a fan of, you know, people flying around in tights. I kind of, kind of get it, <laughs> right? But they don't quite understand why you're a fan of slasher flicks, right? Mm-hmm. right? Or why you're um, a fan of some of M. Night Shyamalan's work. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, they kind of don't quite understand that and they think it's weird. And I don't. It's just another form of social commentary, mm-hmm. right? It's just yeah. wrapped in this in this kind of packaging. So, so what we want to do with the, the monthly resources is give people another place to go and find more information and read up more about it and kind of dig a little bit deeper. So each month there's a specific theme. There is. And so those those resources are wrapped around that theme. They absolutely are. So you and your research assistants your super fan research assistants. <laughs> like, there are people, like, one, for example, is Forrest Taylor, yeah. mm-hmm. who is a writer for The Eerie Reader. He reviews movies. He's a very good friend to the Horror Fest and the Film yeah. Society, and he's one of the assistants. So getting a theme, like, the first month it's zombies, mm-hmm. and like you said, the American Dream, mm-hmm. like the Amityville Horror, you mm-hmm. mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So these are themes, and then these resources, podcasts, mm-hmm. or articles, or films, mm-hmm they are going to be part of this Book of the Dead that will then be (laughs) (laughs) released to you. But that's part of what you get as part of your membership. Absolutely. And then, so you get to come into Room 33, you get the resources, Mm -hmm. and then on that monthly evening that you come in for the club meeting, you get get your hors d'oeuvres, you you get... Cocktail, one, one, one cocktail. One cocktail. And of course, you can buy more cocktails uh-huh. and you can buy from their full menu uh-huh. if you want to have a full dinner. Absolutely. Um, and then if you're a 12 or a six month member, you get a free Eerie Horror Fest t-shirt. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and you'll also get, if you're a 12 month member, you get a 20% off discount from your Eerie Horror Fest all access pass. Mm-hmm. Already which a is great already discount. you already have yeah. like a really good deal on all access passes yeah. because it's really reasonable the prices yeah. for the horror fest, mm-hmm. but you get an additional discount, which is incredible. You get and then, twenty if you get a twelve month and you get ten percent additional yes, off if you get 10%. a ten percent. It's, it's awesome. Really good. So the twelve month membership is two hundred and forty. The six month membership is 120. 120. Yep. And then a drop-in price is $25. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are all really great prices. And you can go to the to Film Society NWPA.org now. The website is up. You can awesome. buy your memberships. So first, yeah. so the first meeting <laughs> I is kept July waiting 5th. on y'all to one of y'all to say, but wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> The three of us will be there. Rhonda yeah. will be leading yeah. will be leading the discussion. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, we really hope that we'll see a, see a bunch of folks there. I mean, of course, we'll be posting everything on social media. Yeah. And, um, and first up is zombies. Yeah. Zombies. Mm-hmm. Timely. People yeah. love their zombies. People yes, do they love do. Their and 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 in ever increasing quantity. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's you know, I've been really I actually have been really, really surprised, pleased at the quality of a lot of zombie stuff that I've seen in the last 10 years. I really have. And and starting with the comic book, you know, The uh-huh. Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, so I'm excited about it. Very mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Any other little, little preview you can give us? Well, let's see. We have um, in, we have in August, we're talking about Scream Queens. Yeah. Um, which is a huge, I mean, well, I mean, just the fact that that the title exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Sc- Scream Queens means that, you, you know, this is a this is a, um, a repetitive pattern that we've seen in, uh, in horror. We have. Um, OK, so here's one that I'm really very much looking forward to uh, the holidays. Oh, yeah. yeah. I am looking forward to holidays, and that is in November. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, it's going to be December. Oh, December. Right. Nope, that's December. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the reasons I like this is because... There's there's a good bit of of fear out there about the holidays in horror. Oh yeah, and and when people now, I mean, because you know, because I I, I teach at a university, the holidays are a big deal, right? Because that's when we have our breaks, mm-hmm. and there's always a discussion about, oh my god, I gotta go home, and oh, it's just gonna be <laughs> awful, and you know, my drunk uncle Roy, <laughs> you know, and that kind of. But and and the fact that that there are artists out there who have made the, this sense of dread into horror fair yeah. right. is amazing to me. It's, it's amazing to it's me. It is. It absolutely is. Right there with the, that was good. I got you. I'm picking up what you put down. I got it. Um, and then um, let's see. In uh, in next year in 2023, uh, we will have. Uh, Body horror. Mm-hmm. The the American dream is in there. Mm-hmm. What else do we have? We're going to talk about race horror again. We're also going to talk about new classics uh, in horror. We are also going to in February. We're going to have murder a, a murder and a date. Uh-huh. So so you may bring your loved one. Oh, <laughs> for, for romantic, romantic horror. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Valentine, if you will. Oh, we'll have a little holiday. We'll have a little Valentine's Day party. Yes, yes. So we have, um, there are a number of of themes that we're going to explore in season one, as you call it, John. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm also uh, thinking of, uh, you know, every day I think about, oh, there's a new theme we could do, mm-hmm. you know, in season two. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this is it can really be a long term discussion mm-hmm. that we're having because there's so much. Mm-hmm. And I should say a long term discussion without a whole lot of repetition. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, there's because a lot. There's so much. A lot to mine there mm-hmm. in horror for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, so, yeah, everybody listening to this, again, you can go to filmsocietynwpa.org and then you'll click events uh, in the top menu bar and Erie Horror Fest presents. 
will be in the drop down there. And you can see the lineup for the next 12 months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can get your uh, membership, sign up for your membership right there. That's yes, right. please do. I hope to see you all. Thank you so much, Dr. Rhonda Matthews. And we look forward to Erie Horror Fest Presents. And we look forward to seeing y'all there. Woohoo! I do too. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. That's been our episode. Make sure you follow us on social media. You'll find all the tags and links in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, this was Film Grade.